0: Universal Traveller, Universal Space Universal Traveller, Universal Space
1: Welcome fellow space and time travellers to Bands Are Like Girlfriends. So this is the summer episode. I'm recording this intro on a field in Croatia on the countryside where I'm currently on holiday. So today's episode is um, a conversation I had with Martín Solana from Uruguayan band Hablan por la Espalda. We've been friends for many years, almost 18 years. And uh, much like the episode I did with Pedro Luque, we met at the same time uh, in 2002 when I was touring South America with Tidal. And in 2003, Hablan por la Espalda toured Europe and I drove them and managed the tour. And we've stayed in touch since then, and today Martin is going to tell us all about Hablan Par La Spalda, a band that has been together since 1996, so almost 25 years, which is amazing, when uh, he started this band with his brother Fermin and Valentin, the other guitarist. And, um, you know, Martin is just one of those guys that you just, he's such a nice and great guy that you just want him to be successful with whatever he's doing and he's been so devoted to this band and I was really happy to see a couple of years back when Avalan por la Espada actually did uh, manage to become more widely known in Uruguay and in Brazil as well and they played with Iggy Pop and they won a music prize and played big shows in Uruguay and that was a great thing to see because they've been at it for so long and put so much energy in this whole thing and it's nice to see that for once it gets some recognition. So I hope you like this conversation. This is Tuca, Martin Solana, and me. When I see the uh, pictures, yeah. Valentin, he looks he looks older now. He used to look like a boy. Yes. <laughs> and, and baby face, baby face, and now he's like a man, you know, like proper man. And uh, Fermín looks exactly the same to me. That's crazy, huh?
0: yes The, the <laughs> devil, the pact with the devil, made him. How old is how old is Fermín? Forty-two.
1: For, and you're forty, huh? Yes. Like me. Valentin so, is.
0: Yeah, seventy nine, right?
1: Seventy nine, exactly. Yeah. So seventy nine, and you were always you always lived in in Uruguay.
0: Always, always here. Born and raised in Montevideo. Yes. Mm -hmm. And your parents? My mom's family uh, went to live to Brazil in the seventies. So like, I went a lot to Brazil during the eighties and early nineties. So we always went there for vacations and every time we had a holiday or something. So there's a there's a lot of of us of the Brazilian culture maybe in us, you know. Oh okay. They influence. Okay. okay. They, it was another way to access uh, culture because like there in Brazil you you had access to lots of stuff that where you you didn't get to in Uruguay, like rock okay. magazines, skate oh, wow. magazines, M- MTV. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, so, that's interesting. So yeah, Uruguay was always behind a bit, huh? Always behind, uh, until internet came, right? Because then of course. it was uh, you had difficult access to new stuff and different stuff that was uh, in the in the media. You had to. Have someone who traveled, or you know, uh, in, uh, an exchange student in school, yeah. or the son of a diplomat, something like mm-hmm. that, that wow. brought me new music, because if not, it, early nineties was like really difficult, and we were small, still small, young. I mean, so yeah, yeah, uh, we went, began going to shows like when we were. I was 14 years old, maybe like 14.
1: Huh? But when yeah. you, did you remember, do you remember when you started listening to music as a child? Like, like what, what, what are the first songs that you remember hearing? You know, yeah, pretty, pretty early on
0: my most fresh memories. about music are traveling to Brazil by car. Yeah. And the, the tapes of my father that were like Sean Lennon, Imagine, uh, oh. Momentary Lapse of Reason. Uh, the oh, Wall Pink from Pink uh-huh. Floyd. Uh, he that's, had some. Could be worse. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. The best of Queen. <laughs> yeah. oh, the okay. best The best of Credence. Yeah. And then the, the he had, I don't know, <laughs> We Are the World, We Are the Children. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh-huh. USA he for used Africa. To sing that?
0: Yeah, whole family was singing "We Are the World" in the car driving uh, to Brazil. And I remember, like, there are people dying. (laughs) (laughs) Who who was that? I think it was Bruce Springsteen, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it could be, could Uh, be. He had like this (laughs) fucked up voice, was very cool.
1: And of course, if he just has one line in the song, he has to do it, you know, a bit more
0: heartfelt, has to emphasize it more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Then uh, my my father used to have... Vinyls, but we never listened to Vinyls. Uh I remember seeing mm-hmm. some ABBA or from my mother or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, then my father bought, went, my father used to travel a lot. So every time he, he traveled, he brought something new. Mm-hmm, that's cool. So, you know, we were always keen on music. Like I had my the Mode tapes, erasure tapes, uh I, I liked that music when I was young <laughs> and my 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 uncles had been in Brazil, like from 80s pop music. And we listened to that, you know, like pump up the jam or uh-huh. stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember the first record you bought yourself? I think the first record I bought myself. Uh, yeah, I mean. I I I remember going to to I uh, I don't know how you say feria. Mm-hmm. You know like a market yeah. that was here and buying fair. Yeah, like fair, fair. Yeah, uh, mm. um and they gave me as a present a uh, uh, Mode mode 101, 101.
1: Okay.
0: Yes. Uh-huh. That was a tape. I know. I remember I don't remember the first time I bought but when my father went and brought these CDs he brought us I don't know New Kids on the Vlog for example the C D yeah. he brought all the num- the top number five in United States that uh-huh. were like <laughs> Gloria Stefan and the Sound Machine, New Kids on the Vlog, uh-huh. <laughs> Prince Batman, uh-huh. <laughs> and a broken frame a broken frame from the Mode that was amazing, like beautiful record. So it was like uh-huh. uh, we love that record. <laughs> uh uh-huh.
1: so you could pick which 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 one you like better the pop music or the the darker side.
0: Yes. Yes, yes. So we we choose the darker side. <laughs> uh that's interesting.
1: And so you started playing guitar at, at what age?
0: I think that uh at 12. At 12. At the and, age 12, at, yes.
1: So so that's like 1991, Ninety- 92.
0: Yes, 91, 92.
1: And and what what made you play the guitar was it slash Yes, you know yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I read it in the book, in Fermín's <laughs> book. <laughs> and actually, it happened the same over uh, in Germany. It's the same. Yes. Uh, like Guns N' Roses was, because people talk so much about
0: Nirvana, but for us, it was yeah. more like Guns N' Roses, for, right? For me, it was Guns N' Roses. I remember watching uh, a Clint Eastwood movie. I don't know the name in, in English, but in Spanish it is Sala de espera al infierno. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the one with the with a little car that drops bombs. Okay. No, So, in a moment, they kill a, a superstar, okay, uh-huh. that is the singer of a band, that, incredible, the singer right. is Shim Kari. Really? But, yeah, wow. but he sings Guns N' Roses.
1: But, uh-huh. Yeah, in, in the, the movie. movie.
0: Uh-huh. And then, wow. he, well, <laughs> they kill him because it's a serial killer that kill, kills stars, so they kill him, and wow. in the ceremony, in the, how you call it, the funeral... Uh, yeah. the Guns N' Roses are there. The actual, the actual band. Huh? Yeah, the actual band is there, like extras. <laughs> so, like, I remember going to Brazil and and buying uh, a Guns N' Roses CD. The, the first mm. was Appetite for Destruction. Yeah, With that, mm. wh- you remember when the, when the CDs came in the big uh, package, like uh, a cardboard package, a big cardboard package. No, we we didn't have that. No, I don't know here. You had it like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like the size of a vinyl. Oh, really? And the plastic inside. Yeah, it was amazing. That's weird. Yeah, weird. Mm -hmm. So we bought that CD. And then after that, they became really popular. With the, I think, with the Schwarzenegger movie. Mm -hmm. And we went to see them live. My father to Buenos Aires. Oh, wow. My okay. father took us. It was in December '92, I think, okay for my 12th, uh, 13th birthday, mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, and he took Fermín, me, and two friends. Mm-hmm. And imagine, it was amazing. watch oh, the Guns N' Roses in the best uh-huh. moment of their career wow. live. So uh-huh. I remember, the show, you know, went there, and there was this like people, black shirts, long hair. I remember my father saying, smell that, that is marijuana. I think (laughs) like, you know. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. I remember the smell, man. Wow. (laughs) I mean, after that, I came and said, I want a a guitar for my birthday. Uh. (laughs) Ah. So they they gave me this acoustic guitar and uh, well, I started uh, some lessons on the next year with with a with a professor, like for three months, I think so. And when I learn some chords, I say goodbye. That's enough. Go. <laughs> that's enough <yeah. laughs> when he started with all this stuff about the uh, solfeo, you know, that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was 14 years old. Uh, 13 years old didn't didn't want that. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was the same for us. I I was never interested to be a like a good. Musician, professional musician <laughs> who knows how to play solos and stuff. Yeah, but it's interesting because Guns N' Roses were like that, right? They were really yeah. good musicians, but they also had this punk background, which which probably was our first exposure to to punk, I guess. huh?
0: yes, in there, a
1: way. Remember the covers record, a Spaghetti amazing. Incident. Spaghetti, yeah, man, that's like, amazing, like, right? And and um, I hadn't I. I remember I didn't know the songs before I heard them by Gun, played by Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And my brother bought, I think he bought it. And then I was like, wow, this is much better than the Guns N' Roses stuff. I like it more. <laughs> it's faster
0: and, you know. Yeah, and then yeah, you man. had to find out, but who are these songs from? And, you know, Ramones, It was but, amazing. It was amazing, that record, man. Because uh, I mean, I remember listening, uh, can put your arms around a memory. Yeah. You know? And years later, I... I, I it was like I, I heard those that song and couldn't believe. Oh, when, when everything started because nowadays you go there, you Google it, and put song who is it, yeah, you know, of and back you then, listen you, it, yeah. the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, back then you didn't. You couldn't do that, man. It was like who are, what is this song, man? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And right, another right. Uh, something that made that change here, I mean in us, was the Doors movie too.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Val Kilmer.
0: Yeah, Val Kilmer. I remember my brother was bigger than me when it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, and he he was maybe 14 years old and I 12. And he, you know, white shirt, long hair, and walking <laughs> like this. <laughs> it was so the funny. The puppy shirt? <laughs> the puffy shirt? Yeah, Did no, no. Yeah? no. He, <laughs> yeah, he, but maybe if he, he he got it, he used it. I don't know. Yeah, he but, could. I think he could wear it. It worked yeah, with his image. <laughs> no, oh, nowadays. Woof, <laughs> he's a glam, he's glam, man, he's glam.
1: But yeah, but you could definitely, definitely see that in his, in his, in his act, uh, like where he's yes. coming from, that, that it's left a big impression on him, the whole yes. Doris thing. Yeah. Totally. So but I remember I mean, when, I remember when, when we were in uh, Montevideo, that it was really a strong rock and roll, uh, mo- you know, uh, in the scene there. I remember that I heard the first time MC5 in one of, in in the car w- of one of you guys we drove to a party. I don't remember. Wow. And they were playing Kick Out the Gems, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Oh. And I, what? <laughs> what? This is from 1969? Oh, it's crazy. Yes. You know? Really? And, uh, yeah. Oh, nice. And yeah, I think you, you, there there was a... It was a like a punk hardcore scene, but there was this strong rock and roll element. Yes. Garage
0: element. Yeah, right. garage element. I remember you guys came in 2002, right? Yeah. 18 years ago, man. Yeah, pretty Amazing. much exactly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. So, uh, after the Brazilian tour, 2001-2002 when you came, I met this guy that lived uh, worked in the building where I live, and he was like a garage fan, you know? Okay. He, he knew everything about garage and so he he gave us a lot of music, you know? Uh, and MC5, maybe the, the the garage rock influence came from that side. Maybe came from that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, we always listen to rock and roll before punk and hardcore because it's more accessible, right? Like you mean Guns yeah. N' Roses or, yeah, I don't yeah. know, and Nirvana or, mm. or who, whatever band, popular band there was in the 90s. But uh, This guy introduced us, for example, to the Nuggets. Okay. Um, So then we had a band with, a cover band with this guy called Los Nuggets. And Uh we did covers from the 60s and Uh MC5 and other bands like, but more, more dirty, you know, more garage. My brother sang, I played drums. Mm -hmm. This guy played the guitar, Tortuga, you remember him? I
1: think so, yeah, I think so.
0: He played the other guitar and Valentina. Played ah. the bass. Oh, cool! Yeah, we were like this, uh, and yeah, we did a lot of shows. It was great. So mm. it was it was a nice, a garage moment. But that made influence in in direct influence in Hablan por la espalda, you know, because
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, so let's go back a little when when we were we, we were talking about Guns and Roses. But then yes. at some point, I guess you you learned about punk, right, and hardcore. When when was yes. that?
0: Yes. Well. I think we the first access to punk was Guns N' Roses, like you said. You know the, yeah. the B the the B side of Lies is mm-hmm. a punk rock show. You know, like uh-huh. it, nice guys don't play rock and roll or, yeah. or stuff like that. You know. And then I remember uh, there was a, like I don't know what year it was, but there was like a, a festival, a cinema festival, of rock shows. It maybe year ninety one, ninety two, or something like that, and they gave this Guns N' Roses show live at the Roxy in the eighty seven or eighty eight, something like that. Okay, yeah,
1: they played it. It's in the a live festival.
0: It, yeah, mm-hmm. it and it that show is like uh, it's amazing. They in the mm-hmm. best moment, like really punk rock, and like then we we met years later. We met lots of people that had gone gone to that. Uh, that uh, how you say it, that función that show you know that to see the original the show and, the, no to know really? the, the no no the to, no, the, the, the cinema screening. show the screening yeah. that's right yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. so I was, oh you went there you went there like it was mm-hmm. it it made impact in people okay. that that Guns N' Roses show so that. And and you saw that show and they were a punk rock band. They were no they were no, not no hair metal band, they were no mm. no poison or were, mm. you know no no they were like their attitude like Easy Stradley yeah. and Duff McGregor were yeah. playing punk rock. So I think that was uh, maybe a first approach. But then we we began listening to, you know, more um more metal, right? More heavy okay. like uh, I was a huge Anthrax and, and Slayer fan. Okay. So, and Sepultura because of the Brazilian yeah. side and Ratos yeah, de Porão, we'll right? And Pantera, maybe those bands, my five bands of the moment, you know? Before maybe I ha- we had listened to the Ramones, so everything was like came together. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah. because I remember buying the Ramones, started listening about the Ramones, the Ramones, the Ramones. Because we they were big
1: to, in South America, they were very yeah. popular, right?
0: They were like so, almost a mainstream band there. Yeah, in, not, yeah. In, not in Uruguay, but yes, in Argentina, maybe. So yeah. I remember seeing a tape when we went to Argentina and bought a tape of them yeah. and it was the local live. Uh-huh. So we put that tape, you That's know, a good record. and then it starts. Yeah, it's amazing, but it's really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like a yeah. hardcore, <laughs> uh-huh. so we start and then it start there, the good, the bad and the ugly. Oh, what's this? What the, imagine, I was maybe 12 or 11 and 13, and 13 for me, and something like that. So it started and then, what we, we were like, wow, what's this, man? Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> so maybe that's the first time we listened punk rock for the Ramones for sure. I mean it's funny because the, I have a
1: similar experience with with the Ramones because a friend of mine had a had a live CD I don't know if it's local live or another one but it, they always played so fast live right yes and and I really liked that that uh, that record and I listened to it a lot I put it on tape you know made a tape of it yes and then at some point I listened to the album version of of Pet Cemetery and I was so disappointed was like why is that so slow that's so weird this is <laughs> man, like the man, same man. song but they play it so What's going on? <laughs> because you've
0: gotten used to the fast way and yes, you really liked it, it. It was, was rough amazing. You, yeah. <laughs> rough, rough. That's right. Like... It's amazing, man.
1: So, But it, what's, what's really interesting is, is later than how, how we... Because like you said before, the internet wasn't there. It was really hard to, to learn about stuff. Not as, yes. not as much as today. So we, the underground stuff that we all got into, how did that happen for you? How did you find out about that well
0: uh, i like the guns N' roses had the spaghetti incident yeah then uh slayer had a cover record too oh, okay. that played minor threat songs and stuff like that right oh okay i didn't know yeah that. but before that uh i remember we in Brazil being in brazil and listening to slayer there we we had access to lots of metal records right like it was, yeah. there was like uh, two blocks away from my, my grandma's house, there was a, 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 a metal store, you know. You were there and the shirts okay. and the CDs yeah, yeah. and everything and the magazines. Yeah, so we bought, we bought a magazine and there was like this, uh, you know, Sh- uh, Chef Hanneman, the guitarist yeah. from Slayer. He had the, there was like his guitar and like a zoom there. And from each sticker, he there was info, you know. So the, that there was uh, the Dead Kennedy sticker. The black flag sticker, yeah, the LA one. Rider sticker. So there was oh okay. Yeah, Dead Kennedy is the band and the information about Dead Kennedy, Information about that fact, information about Circle Sharks ah, or something. Cool. So then my father went to to travel to, to United States. And we made a list to my father uh-huh. with all, cool. all hardcore records. Like, uh-huh. we didn't know. No? <laughs> Black Flag. Uh, uh-huh. w- he always went to the record store for us because he cool. likes music too. So uh-huh. we did uh, there. Dead amazing. Kennedys. Yeah, we put Dead Kennedys, Black Flag, Circle Shirts, all bands uh-huh. like that. No? Uh-huh. So my father always told them when he arrived with the list to the record store, the guy, like, I mean, look yeah, here. What a cool guy, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... And that truck, he, he, he came from the States and bought us the first four years for, from Backpack. Yeah. The, he brought us the, the how you call it, the one of the the Circle Sharks with their peeing on the golden shower of hits. Okay. From the Circle Sharks and the... Give me convenience or give me death from the death from okay, the yes. dead Kenny. He brought those yeah. records, and the guy from the record store gave uh, like recommend him some records. So oh, I think cool. he get, he brought like Biohazard mm-hmm. and Agnostic <laughs> Front, for example. Okay, right. Okay. So like, okay, we started listening to Hargo music that way. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And, and then you started the band not much later, right after that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that must have been like 92, 93, okay. right? Okay, yeah. And then in 1994, the Ramones came to play here. Mm-hmm. You went to see them? Yes, it was amazing. Wow! wow. Uh, amazing. The, the two euros was the ticket. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> hey,
1: was it was a stadium or was it a big big location, I guess? huh? It was like
0: a, a basketball court. Okay. Mm-hmm. Worst sound ever. <laughs> but I didn't knew that you know so I said I heard what do you prefer and for me it was ultrasonic yeah. all right, yeah, uh, it's there you know I I all don't remember the songs or anything I just remember the feeling you know? yeah. it was like amazing what really it was I had uh, I thir- was 13 years old in that moment yeah it must have been one of the last tours huh? yeah it was amazing and, and that year also came here Ratos de Porau uh uh-huh. And we were like really small, young guys going to shows, you know. And yeah. for us, it was like, uh, I mean, we were from a private school, and yeah, you know, like like upper, like middle class, like upper, upper middle class, like that. Upper middle class, course. that's yeah. right. You know, uniform, and uh-huh. we had to go to when we went to school. So like, we always we weren't freaks, but we were the most freaks in school, right? Okay. So we always looked like the way out of there, you know. Okay. Uh And like, I remember the, here when, you know, the sweet little 16, the, I don't know, here when the, when girls uh, become 15 years old, they make a party. Ah, quinceañera. (laughs) Quinceañera. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I remember I hated those parties and we always went, uh, prefer, went to metal shows. You know, or punk uh-huh. shows, and at that, okay. that age, so like uh, we began like going to shows and uh, began meeting people and began trading material, and then we we had a strong connection with what happened in Argentinian hardcore. Okay. Because that was the biggest influence ever, Argentinian Buenos Aires hardcore. You know. Okay. There was this record called uh, "Mentes Abiertas." Uh huh. That had eight bands playing uh, like two songs each band, mm-hmm. a compilation, and that was the. I think that was what made us start a band, you know, because then those bands began coming here, and we we went to those shows and the, it was another thing. It was not metal. Yeah, it was like it was you could not do it yourself, punk. right?
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It was it break. It broke the distance between yes. performers and audience, right?
0: Yeah, or or maybe I mean the metal shows here were like oh, it was metal, you know. Metal yeah. is metal. You had the long hair. Was, the scene <laughs> is, is metal, you know. You, yeah. So and we were maybe were not part of that. So then when we we discovered hardcore, it was like uh, really something opened our mind. It was like boom, explode. Yeah, the, the, it was like, lyrics, thought, like that, that. was content. what you
1: what you've been looking for, right? Yes. Like it, it, It fit your personality, in a way, it was like for me like that. Uh, There were some bands I liked, but I didn't really feel like this is 100% me. But I also didn't know that there's there are bands or music that is 100% me. And then you go to that show, to that hardcore show and you're like, fuck, this is it. I want to do this.
0: Uh, What what band
1: was it in Germany? Like, I remember, I mean, for me, I started with, uh, like you said, MTV. And yes. um, and then at first it was like Nirvana and all that stuff, and I was like, yeah, they're okay, you know. But for me, like the breakthrough was I think Green Day when they came out with Dookie. Yeah. I was like, I, I, because that was a bit Ramonesish, right? Yes, like it was. Case, ah, yeah, and 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 um, you know this, this this fuck you attitude. I like that, you know. Like, yes, being angry and just doing their thing. I felt yes, uh, that was that really impressed Dookie. me back then. Doogie is a nice record. I, I yeah, like I it. like it. I still listen to it sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I listen a good record. to. It. But basket. it was huge, right? It was huge. It became huge in Germany. Yes. And and but when I discovered them, I don't know. I don't think many people had MTV then in my in my town. So so I was I was I loved them and nobody else knew them. And then it took until like '96. That was my first concert. Uh, when Green Day came to play in the Schleierhalle, which is a big, big hall in Stuttgart, wow. but none of my friends listened to that kind of music at that time, so I, I convinced my friends, come on, it's, you know, it's going to be great, it's, it's going to be a great show, this band is great, and they were like, yeah, but we don't know, what's this Green Day? You know, okay, we'll just go. You know, people had known Meat Loaf or you yeah. know, Guns N' Roses, New Kids on the Block, maybe take that, and stuff like that, And and then we went and and it was all pogo and jumping wow. up and down, and they enjoyed Amazing. it. Amazing, yes. Yeah, they they didn't get into it that much, but basically, I just needed some people to go, to go with me, so I wouldn't have but to you go, had, go alone. Yeah, right? you,
0: you had 15 years. Man. <laughs>
1: that was like. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. But then the first uh, first uh, hardcore show I went to was Battery. Do you know Battery? Wow,
0: <laughs> really, man. Fuck. It was
1: Battery, <laughs> um, and that was in a small venue, like a typical hardcore show. We drove an hour and a half and we went there, and it was like this low ceiling, small place packed uh. with people. And it, and I don't know if it was even better and better than a thousand, maybe? You know, the Oof. Ray Capone? Yes, I don't know. Yes. Just, just some old school hardcore bands. And while that never was totally my thing, that old school hardcore thing, the spirit that you felt there, that was like, yeah, we're, you know, all, you're just part of something and you're not yes. just. In the audience, Green Day was like that. The stage was really high. They were back there. It was the typical, you know, star band thing. Y- yeah, you weren't allowed to take photos and all that. And then the battery show was like the opposite, and everybody was in there. And and yes. that was when I started listening to hardcore. I guess that must have been in '96 as well. Wow, like amazing! I love
0: battery. <laughs> yeah, was, I love you too. Really <laughs> cool. It was
1: yeah, it was cool. And then, and so you
0: around that time started, right? In 96 with or or earlier? Yeah, yeah, it was like this. We had a friend from Argentina living here, Sebastián. So uh, he was, it was late 95, and we already went to see bands from Argentina that then hear like different actitudes juveniles, buscando otra diversión, no demuestra interés, fan people. Uh huh. Yeah. And and the guy and we we were making fan scenes, you know, and interviewing yeah. bands, and we were already During in the, the scene. scene huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in I think it was December. He was he was living here since ninety three, I think. So so we did, and he was a, he is still a great friend, and we were went to the show, we did the scene together, and so he was going to to back to Buenos Aires so we decided to record some songs you know uh we we did this i think it was December 95 or something like that we recorded the first demo Uh date and so there was
1: already you and Fermin and Valentin in the band right no Valentin was not there still he
0: wasn't okay so what was
1: was the band already called Hablan
0: por la espalda or yes yes, but but we did that we only did the demo tape. And mm-hmm. so so we, like, something w- between friends for our memory. Yeah. And okay. when we started, like, we did Discover, this artwork, and we, with the lyrics and everything, and started, like, we did ourselves. We co- made the copies, you know, in in tape. And look, I, I, well, yeah, wait.
1: So I was going to pick up the demo right now
0: oh, and i see a dog walking through <laughs> the picture <laughs> using the moment i, I know this won't Fuji. appear in the interview but it's just yeah. to show it to you yeah you know it's the the cassette tape you know here is the tape fushi uh, Fuji. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then here is the artwork
1: wow and that's 95 or 96 huh
0: Yes. Now this is 95. We distributed this, you know, like yeah. between friends and like, I think maybe it was January, February, we went to this uh, fair that, uh, there was like a punk uh, space where yeah. people sell fan scenes, tapes yeah. and everything. And we sold some of these demos. Mm-hmm. And one of these demos, two, he, the, this guy, Babyface came uh-huh. with, a, with a Gorilla Biscuit shirt. And I had oh, a okay. Gorilla Biscuit shirt. It was Valentin. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And he bought two demos. Cool. And then he's, he's told, oh, why you don't play anymore? No, because it was a friend and the bass player. Mm-hmm. He went to Argentina. Oh, I play. I can play the bass. Mm-hmm. So, cool. okay. And th- so then I mean, we decided in 96 to go on with the band. And you're still doing it, man. 24 years yeah. later, huh? <laughs> Fuck. a like man. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. So
1: if, if bands are like girlfriends, you've been pretty solid, oh. right? Because <laughs> <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I've played in like, I've counted recent. I've played in like 12 bands or something over the wow. years. Wow. And you've just, I, man, I mean, you're sure, I'm sure you've had side projects. I had some, some adventures. Run. I had some <laughs> yeah, adventures. <laughs> and also, you, uh, I mean, the members of the band also have changed. Have yes. Some of yes. them, right? But the solid core has been you and uh, Fermín, your brother, and
0: Valentin. And Valentin, all yeah, the time, more or less. I mean, we had another guitar uh, guitar player at that moment mm. called El or- El Hormiga. He and the drummer, like, were who what made the band sound. You know, we they are, we. Valentin was 15 years old. I was 16. We were like learning how to play. Yeah. So. That was uh, we 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 started playing with this for uh, this these five members and in June we we did our first show June ninety six we did our first show
1: wow amazing
0: and then the bass, uh, the guitar player left the band so Valentin started playing guitar in maybe ninety seven I think so so mm. from that from then. Valentín has been playing guitar so it's the three of us are from the beginning it's amazing. Wow. And you also were a skateboarder right or are? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I still uh, no.
1: Yeah, because many many people I don't know about you but but um yeah, I also did and many of my friends learned about punk and hardcore music through the videos right Through the skate videos. Because you would buy the 411 magazine, yes. or and there Transport. were these great songs, sometimes emo songs like Sunny Day Real Estate and stuff, yes. and you were like, "Wow, that's cool!" And so you'd find out about these songs without the internet being there. Yes, right? amazing.
0: Yes, yes. I remember Fugazi. Uh, there was this uh, tran- uh, toy machine video yeah. called "Welcome Welcome to Hell" had an amazing mm-hmm. soundtrack, and uh, oh, then uh, I remember or ordering apart from the CDs skate videos <laughs> yeah and yeah, then it was
1: it was quite um um together this skate scene yes. and the punk scene skate uh, magazines at least in skate magazines in the US i guess i remember yeah. in my town the skaters they have listened to rap more and stuff like danzig or or suicidal tendencies which is a bit but different right and but then it was just so much different stuff yes. in, the, in the skate video, so it was really cool. It was amazing, the, yeah. You know, like uh, Ian Mackay said, because they were also skaters, and he said like, that, that opened their mind to playing different kinds of music because as a skater you have to see everything in a different light with different eyes, right? A, yeah, a that's st- right. A set of stairs is not, <laughs> is not like t- for walking, it's for jumping. A handrail is not for holding with your hand, it's also it's for grinding. For grinding. <laughs> I thought that was it's a really amazing. nice, nice it's thought, nice, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: it's amazing. Never heard because of it.
1: because it's like that. I remember, you know, when we skaters were hanging out and we were walking through town or something. Oh, was, oh, oh, oh <laughs> just look at this, right? And so you you change your perception really. It's like a different dimension actually that you see in everything, right? This yes. Curve, yes. You know, oh, this curve, I want to oh. skate it. and,
0: stuff like that. oh. <laughs> and that's it's what real. the
1: whole hardcore music i guess was a bit about too right because it yes. was like a parallel dimension it was it was something there but it was just available for us like that yes. we had the, the glasses that you needed to see it right
0: <laughs> yes because right. other people wouldn't
1: understand it if you played them battery or something like ah, uh, yeah or the fast ramon stuff it, it, yeah you know, this is crazy fast and you
0: know, it's noise yeah yeah this is nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Skateboarding was, was. Uh, Valentin also skated, so we, we yeah. skated a lot together, so it was amazing. Like, yeah. uh, we, we spent all day in, in the street, you know? Like, yeah. we went to, uh, th- that also, skateboarding took us from our neighborhood, you know? Because we had to right. leave our bubble to yeah. go to other, to so the good spots, that... good spots that may were in more dangerous zones, but then they were not that dangerous. You understand? Mm. Like okay. so, we went to different neighborhoods far away from from where we came, and we had a an hour bus ride there, yeah. and then we came there, and the guys from there were like really receptive. And hey, come here! Oh. And then oh, with those oh, guys, we met somewhere else. So yeah, it was skateboarding and hardcore scene i think they 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 are like they they are get along together right mm. they 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 together like break down the walls it was a gateway <laughs>
1: yeah it was it was a gateway into this world so yeah i remember when we came <clears throat> when we came to montevideo in 2002 the tour happened because a friend of ours was traveling brazil and and we asked him can you give, give us some context? because we'd like to tour there maybe I don't know, it's just a crazy idea, but he said, yeah, yeah, I have some contacts. And then I think it was Rodrigo from, from uh, Coligere, the Brazilian, yeah. exactly. And he organized the tour and he must have contacted you guys as well, right?
0: I think, yes, I, I was trying to, to remember right, what, how was it that we got yeah, to, to exactly. contact you guys to do the show. Yeah. Because maybe yes, we had organized like uh, in two thousand we organized the Catharsis show. Oh, okay, cool. Then two thousand two thousand one, we went and play the Brazilian tour, and in two thousand two, you guys came here. Yeah, so you must have met. So, mm, yes. He it must be co- connected there, yes. Because I remember with I emailed
1: with him and he said, yeah, I, I can organize a couple of shows in Brazil, but then I can, uh, you know, contact with some guys, get get you, you know, in touch with some guys from Uruguay and then from
0: Argentina. Yes. And Chile, and it was like that. And, and he great. gave you... Yeah, it was great, man. I remember we, we went to look you guys to the bus station, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we... <laughs> It was after... We'd already
1: played in Brazil for two weeks, I think, or more. Yep. And Porto Alegre. In Porto Alegre it was the last one before we came over to Uruguay, right? Uh, it was yes. really intense. It was really interesting. And of course, we were in our early 20s and it, we learned so much in that time. But mm-hmm. it was also difficult, when you know, when you're on tour with the same four guys and you get... A, oh, no, well, you get, each other fighting. Yeah. I remember my birthday was, was actually in... in uh, in Curitiba in the south of Brazil that was my birthday and um, wow. and I was in such a bad mood I don't know we had a fighter I guess and then I just left the other guys and went alone to to some bar and celebrated my birthday alone and then the Girl day Girlfriends yeah yeah exactly bands are like girlfriends like I'm saying right? and that's, that's, that's why but then you know just just also just like in a in a relationship the day after we had the show in Curitiba and we had it was like the worst um, mood of the whole tour. We were all fighting and didn't talk to each other. And then we had the show and it was like, wow, this explosion, you know, wow. and it all went Thank away. You. It was just, it was everything went away. And we were like, wow, like, where did that come from? We were hating yeah. each other just a moment ago. And then we played this amazing show. And, and so after that, with all these impressions, we got to Montevideo and I think we had a few days off there.
0: Yes. Yes, we and did. And so we hung out, out with here, you guys, right?
1: and it was just so refreshing and so relaxed because Montevideo is just a relaxed, relaxed place. You guys were relaxed, and you had this, <laughs> this, this rock and roll vibe, which was a bit more open-minded, I guess. And Brazilian people were really nice too, but it was more of a straight yeah. edge hardcore thing yes. with many, with many of them. And you know, my bandmates, they were not you know that way no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all so yeah. it it felt like we're we got we just uh, found you know we got home we just felt oh these guys this is you know yeah yeah, yeah. we had and we can be ourselves we don't have to pretend you know we have to try to be careful what we say or stuff like that and it was just so Amazing. relaxing, and then the show. Of course, we played together with you guys in that weird basement of this the Russian, Russian basement. bar. <laughs> yeah. It was
0: legendary. I mean, yeah, man. So I mean that. Yeah, it was an instant connection, right? It was great. What happened? Yeah, and that's so interesting because I've been talking about this as
1: well. Because after that, I mean, of course, the European tour. We spent a lot of time together. It was uh, three weeks. Yeah, or how much
0: was it? Yeah, it was. But 20. after that, we
1: haven't we have never met in person after that, right? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but fuck. we still stayed in touch, and it's like we're still friends. And it's weird because it's just been you know an, a, yeah. a couple of weeks, but it has made such an impression that we've uh, we've stayed in touch throughout these throughout these years. I yes, mean, yes, yes. You have to come like in twenty twenty three do the twenty year anniversary European yeah. tour. Have to repeat the tour
0: <laughs> man. Yeah. With two bands, one for the family and one for the oh yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> no wait with the kids would be a different experience. Look, but, we'll as well. but look, this man, we we were starting to work on a 2021 tour in Europe. Oh, really? Cool. Yes, uh, but it it depended on this festival that was going to happen right now in in Spain, oh, okay. and it got cancelled and moved yeah, one course. year. So okay. 2021 is maybe 2022. We are there. <laughs> well, you know, I'm part, I'm going to be part of the, of the yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> have to. It's going so, to yeah. be like old, the but old still days. young. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, imagine how many memories we still have of that tour. When you, when you came over then. Yes.
0: Yes, I so I me mean with the broken teeth. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was spectacular.
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah. I remember when you came right from the airport and I took you to my town to show you the carnival. What's the name of
0: your town? Rottenburg. Rottenburg, that's right. Rottenburg.
1: And, and it was just that day when you arrived, it just happened to be the you know, carnival, which is like the most important thing of the year there. And I always hated it, but I thought, yeah, yeah I'm going sh- to show it to you guys so you see, you know, my, my cultural background, how I grew up. And then you guys were just, oh, can you stop at the gas station? And then Fermin bought this bottle of Jack Daniels. And, and before we could get home in the 40-minute drive, the bottle was empty. And so we wanted to get out in Stuttgart to go to sleep in my apartment, um, yes. where I lived. And then just Fermin didn't walk out. He just fell out on his mouth and
0: the tooth broke his tooth. Remember seeing the line <laughs> of the teeth in the floor? No. You remember? No, I really? remember seeing that, man. Yeah. I, and I, there's a about that. I had to, to bath my brother that night, you know? Yeah, in, in our bathtub. Yeah. And he was, he was making these strange noises. And we weren't yeah.
1: sure if he was really in pain or just, you know, because yeah. of the Jack Daniels
0: crying <laughs> it, was, it was weird it was weird, it was weird man. but well first night I mean we were, imagine the motion we had then. it was yeah, a good start for the tour, it was definitely. a good start yes <laughs> then he had that face that made him yeah. <laughs> it was scary man you know to <laughs> see this broken face with broken teeth like the <laughs> how can this guy sing in a band you know <laughs> yeah all out on rock all out yeah <laughs> there's you know there's some pictures uh when we are drinking the shaq daniels in the no, band i didn't know the, And there's this picture we are drinking in the in the van we're drinking there yeah, in the band. there's pablito and the faces yeah. already you can see so much happiness <laughs> in the faces yeah. Yeah. yeah we're happy you know so we so are like, ah! happy, yeah. happy yeah yeah and it's the shaq daniel's bottle there in the back of the band with the table and everything <laughs> A rock and roll fantasy in the
1: back of a shitty van with a bottle of Jack Daniels on the other side of the world. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean that was
1: the shit for us, huh? Yeah, man. man. All, I mean, all that
0: imagine, imagine for us, man, going to Europe on a tour. Hmm. I mean, I was like uh twenty twenty-three, I was at that moment. You know, we were like kids, man. Pablo was yeah. sixteen. That he was even allowed to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember meeting with his parents and everything. Uh-huh, you know, like okay. yes, well, this is us. <laughs> <laughs> Very serious guys. You know, <laughs> just a band. You
1: know, just a man. They're all straight edge. This. You know, straight. We don't drink. We don't take drugs. <laughs> Your son
0: is in perfect, in good hands. That stories you you we can get together eighteen years after and talk about this and it's uh, like. You feel happy and about there'll it, be, right?
1: There'll be new stories every time, right? I mean, <laughs> stories that you forgot or one of them, yes. one of us forgot and the other one remembers. And yeah, and someday we'll talk, we'll tell the stories to our kids. and yes. To our, to our grandkids maybe, because this is something quite special that, that
0: uh, you know, we, we were able to to live in that time. Like in, in, Espa- in Spanish, you call momento bisagra, you uh-huh. know? Momento Bisagra where these two moments join. Like right. we were part of this like after everything changed. After internet came ma- massive yeah. and music came massive and everything changed. Like mm. we, we were in this in, in this we were right before everything changed. That's so that's why we I think we we managed to do the things we did like and how we did it. Yeah. thanks because it still wasn 't what it is today yeah. I mean we we organized a tour by mail mm-hmm. right by email yeah we were writing oh you you gave me a mail and said, hey, we are going to play in this city, this city, this city i 'm trying to make you play in this city." Mm. And we were going there, and we didn't knew anything about the city or anything. Mm. Nowadays, maybe, how oh, are you going to go to city? You put Google, you watch the city, you see, ah, yeah. you, you walk through the streets. We had to use the, the paper maps. Yeah, 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 we had to use paper maps. We didn't have maps. cell
1: phones or anything. <laughs> you <laughs> was, asked in every easy.
0: corner, where is this
1: place? Yeah, it's funny, because now through Instagram and Facebook, I've reconnected to some people I yeah. met back then, because back then there was no Facebook, and then you just had to... Some years there was nothing, and then I mean, like us, basically, we always wrote emails. But yeah. but now with Instagram, you know, as bad as it is in some respects, you know, it got it got us back together. Huh? Yeah, I mean, sure, it's great yeah. all these all these contacts that we made back in that time that is still that we still have. That's really yes. a gift, right? I'm really yes. grateful for that too. So it, since then, the, there's been a lot of changes, right, in the in the lineup of the band. Basically, yes. it's just. Just you and Fermin and Valentin left. what happened to um I know Pablito, he, the drummer of the European tour in two thousand and three, he was like sixteen, I think right? Yes, he was sixteen
0: and, <laughs> and not too much after that he quit, right yeah we 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 recorded our second record, the theospalda record, and then we toured Brazil like in two thousand four or five, and yeah. we we came back from Brazil and we, he quit the band. Yeah, like Brazilian tours make drummers quit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you had it <that> again <laughs> two, after that. Two drummers quit <laughs> oh. after a Brazilian tour, uh, and then uh, for that record we we got the the organ player, but he, you you didn't meet meet him. No. Uh, so and then the we changed some drummers in the way, uh, and he, after we recorded Macumba with this formation that from 2006. To 2017 was the same formation.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So um, Macumba was like your breakthrough, more or less. You could say, right? In yes,
0: in it was the first record released by the by a Uruguayan label. Mm-hmm. It got quite um,
1: success, or I would say, you know, many, many yeah, people. Yeah, ho- many heard it, knew many it.
0: people gave, I, you know, maybe Alan Bolaffale is a band that in Uruguay you ask and people knows about it or have heard the name but hasn't mm. listened to it. You know, mm. it's like, so maybe more people got to listen to la falda after Macumba to, uh-huh. and maybe some yeah. radios played our song, but, and we won this, like a music award. Yeah. And it was like, it was great. I mean, it, it gave us another, other opportunities, you know, and we, we also had to become more professional with what, what we played and what we made and how we made our stuff, you know. like
1: yeah, I remember on the tour in 2003 that um, you couldn't <laughs> tune your guitar, I think, and, and Valentino always tuned the guitar and bass for, for the whole band because he was the only
0: one <laughs> We <when> knew <you laughs> uh, <laughs> how, how to tune you,
1: the stuff. Disaster, yeah. <clears throat> because he was this metal... I mean, Valentino had the metal yeah. background, right? He, he was doing uh, the solo and uh, yes, finger picking yes. and
0: stuff and... Uh,
1: <laughs> so yes. he knew how to
0: tune a guitar. Yes, he he had to... a, I had a, a potato in my ear. <laughs> so the band started to ma- get bigger. And then we got, we, we took Chile, Brazil and Argentina. We went to United States yeah. to play. Right, the uh, South by Southwest, right? Yes, right. that's right. So like when Victor quit the band. Why, why did that happen? Victor, the basis. Why did he leave? He 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 moved like 30 kilometers away from here, from Montevideo, and he he had a child, and oh, okay. he was going to do some some stuff in Mexico, oh, okay. like for some months. But he's for doing that. okay. Are you
1: are you in touch with him? Or?
0: Yes, yes, yes. He's okay. He has his second son ah. bo- was born some uh, weeks ago. Cool. Yeah, he's cool. He goes to see Avlan Polasbal and everything. Well, i send him he my best wishes show. if you see yes. him next time, huh? <laughs> yes, I- I'll do so. <laughs> he, yeah, Victor is a, f- yeah, he's, he's a great friend. Like, it was really, uh, it hurt when he left yeah, the band. you know. Was, I can imagine. It was difficult.
1: Yeah, but it's a, it's a very long time, over 20 years. Yes. With the band. yes, yes. That's you're getting yes. you're getting close to Rolling Stones, you know, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of time. But yeah, man. You two are being brothers. It's quite important or interesting how you manage to pull that off, because I would be yeah. fighting all the time, I guess, with my brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's well. We fight. Yeah, yeah we fight. Okay. We, we fight more when we play football. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, when we play the band, I think we, 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 we take our bad energy in the soccer field, that's in the good. football
1: field, sorry. But you always so, had like uh, a good relationship, right, with your brother. And
0: yes, yes. You got yes. into the hardcore thing together and... Always side by side, yes. Mm, I mean, that's, that's great. I think that's why we, we kept doing this, you know, we yeah. keep with the band and everything because he's, we are brothers and we are together in everything and like sharing something like the band after so much time it's i am I'm, I'm really th- uh, thankful about it you know to to be having this opportunity to do this that we love so much and yeah. to keep but it but you've earned good. it i mean
1: you've you've worked really hard over the years and you've had <laughs> yes. you've had um, stuff happen that You know, didn't make it easier, I guess, for you as a band, you know, to go on your way, but you've always done your thing. And that impressed me also. I really liked it and I looked up to that. Yeah.
0: right. And I think that something that helped us was we never tried to do music that for another reason than doing music, you know, Like, we never wanted to do this hit or play well, so the sound so that it can be played in the radio or yeah. try to do the song to be bigger or try yeah. to live of this. Because maybe if we tried to do that, it was more frustrating, you know, because like try to do music to satisfy people that you don't even want to connect with or or something like that has... yeah but also what's important many... I guess is that
1: that you finally got you know got a bit of recognition you know after Macumba yes. maybe because I remember when with Tidal when we when we um, recorded and released Abraxas which which is like a really amazing know... record <laughs> thanks man it's a like intense thing and it was so dark and deep and we were totally into it we had really long practice sessions we drove for many miles to get together to practice and to craft this 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 thing together and then we had sort of gotten out of the scene of the hardcore scene and you know we should have or the next we didn't know what the next step was musically it was clear but for the band you know what would we do Mm. with this and so we released it ourselves and we played on for a while but it wasn't there wasn't an audience for this record for us because sure. back in 2004 it was it wasn't like today this kind of music many people yes. you know couldn't deal with this kind of music now it might be different back then it was it wasn't and and for the hardcore mm. scene it was too out there I guess so mm. that was kind of a frustration for us for Title so at yes. some point we just you know after putting so much work into something and then not really getting much in return. Um, it was like, maybe we should, we should call it quits and that's what we did, ah. uh, which is sad, but yeah. yeah. Sad. That's how yes. things went and for you it went different, which is great that, you know, you somehow managed to, to find, find an audience. And I think that you need, you kind
0: of need that to be able to go on, right? You need an audience. Yeah. We found that uh, rock and roll part, you know, that you meant in, when you came and found here in 2002. Yeah. You know? That here maybe helped us to to develop the sound to, of Macumba, for example, or yeah. of the next record. You know, it, it's it's definitely more of a rock and roll sound than hardcore sound, maybe. Yeah, but, but also I, the mean, I
1: mean, in Macumba, the percussive thing that was that blew my mind, and uh, which I guess is like the Latin influences, right? Uruguayan folk music or
0: traditional music, I guess, is in there too, right? Yes, Candombe. Mm-hmm. We got there because here in the streets, you know, the Sundays and every day, you, that music is in the streets. Okay. So it, got, it started to get the the feeling and I started to go every weekend to those... Uh, you know processions called the candombe the that it's like 40 drums together playing well, and it's always this tum-
1: like baraka like baraka uh-huh. it's
0: like it's like that's this why they, this they call it candombe right? because that's the rhythm <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's like three you got three drums it's like one called the chico that only does this taraka 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 then you got the, like the bass drum, you know, that it's yeah. called El Piano mm-hmm. that does with varieties. And then you got like the, the uh, it's called the, the Repique, that it's like the player, you know, yeah. it's go like... It's It goes playing all the time. It's like. Uh-huh. It, it, the, <laughs> That's like a snare I don't drum,
1: know. maybe,
0: more or less. Yeah, right? man. Yeah. It's, so all these things get together, and like, imagine 40, sometimes 70 drums wow. playing all this sound together. Mm. It's like for 10 blocks. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's like really uh, trance, you know, mm-hmm. tribal, and you get. If you connect with that, then you just, your mind blows. Mm -hmm. So between drugs, acid, Mm -hmm. and candombe and rock and roll, like... That's what happened, (laughs) (laughs) huh? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) We started to like... uh, uh, how you say, jam much more, you know, okay, like, yeah. uh, Macumba is a jam record, you know, okay. we, we, like, the songs are 70 minutes, 10 yeah. minutes long, 6 minutes, like, yeah. uh, maybe before recording, some song had 15 minutes or yeah. 10 minutes, and uh, so, like, we we reduced them so that they got in a record, yeah. and it did, well, it was a double record, so. Yeah, yeah. And
1: a great one, <laughs> But yeah.
0: the influence, well, I think it was all that, but... I mean, the hardcore feeling, I think it's there, you know, always, because that's where we come from and how we learn to do stuff. Yeah. So it's something like maybe how you meant in Brazil, like it's everything like, no, you're hardcore, you have to be like this mm. or no. So I think that hardcore is not that. I think that it's mm. the other way. Yeah. I mean, you have to, if if we are trying about opening your mind, yeah. why Get it narrow and just let it be this small piece of in this whole world. I mean, we got uh, like tired of doing the same stuff. We need to grow up and we need to learn new stuff and experiment and all that stuff, you know. So I think that's what happened. Yeah. Some people, more more radical people from the band that came from the hardcore, maybe said, "Ah, these guys are sellouts," you know, or stuff oh. <laughs> like that. So. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe but three people, yeah, three persons, yeah, five, no well, matter. You know. so what, always, what, what?
1: The, the, every scene is like, uh, you know, the world in small, there's, there's good guys and bad guys yes. and there's, there's really narrow minded people. And there's also very open minded people, but yes, the good thing was that there was no uh, need to, that everything has like a value or, you know, you don't have to mm. make money and stuff like that. So yes, that was, that was
0: what what even made it possible for us to exist, right? Yes, luckily we connected with the people. Not luckily, I think we connected because we had to connect with the people that had this mind more, more open and experimental, like you, you know. <laughs> yeah, we definitely did connect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, friends in Brazil, friends in Chile. We yeah. we we have a, a, our people in, 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 in different towns and yeah. that's nice, you get, you get to a city and you know there's a friend. Yeah, that's great. And, and when you book a tour yeah.
1: now, like in Brazil, do you book it yourself or, or do you
0: have uh, like a booking agency or how does it work? No, th- we, we work with our record label there, Lasha Records. Yeah. We remember Mosine, Mocine, si, si. he, he organized our, our tours there. Oh. But is it still, because I, I, I guess that in Brazil
1: there's still a quite an active scene, right? But is it your tours? Do you still tour in that kind of circles, in that hardcore circles? or No, more.
0: We play with uh, all types of bands in Brazil now, mm-hmm. lately. Like we played with ba- more rock bands, garage mm-hmm. bands. We play with some metal bands mm-hmm. yeah, we, because we had to do some festivals too. The way to go on a tour nowadays, we, we try to, to not uh, lose money, you know? Yeah, of course. I can't afford a tour like I afford in 2003. Nowadays, no. <laughs> I have a, a child to feed. You know, we did our best, but it was, I guess, it was financially. It wasn't, <laughs> it <wasn't>, uh, great. <laughs> yeah, and every tour. You know, yeah. it was like we we maybe we work so we can tour. We yeah. worked some months and then we toured. So, uh, but nowadays when we do uh, a tour, it's like okay, we have a cachet and we we. We go there. We have where to sleep. It's yeah, oh, it, uh, like maybe a hotel. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people's houses. Yeah. We do. We still do it. You know. But, but there's friends in every town that organize something for us. Yeah. That's that's nice. Yeah. It was like this uh, coronavirus shit. You know, we we were going to play in May in Chile and June in Buenos Aires, and we had, oh. to, cancel yeah, had to cancel everything. Yes. Yeah.
1: So how are yeah. things right now over there? It's all locked
0: down still or? No, here in Uruguay, up? it's like, it was always like really, uh, we are little people.
1: Yeah.
0: And people were like really conscious on the beginning. So yeah. like nowadays, there are like nine persons ill or something like that. So it doesn't really exactly. come over from Brazil because Brazil is going crazy. Yeah, right? it's, it came like the the, the mm-hmm. border with Brazil, like there's a city that it's the city with more cases, but here in Montevideo, it's like you look to the street and it looks like more, almost normal, okay. you know, mm-hmm. but we don't have where to play as a band. There are no shows, no shows or the shows like they only can have four people on stage. Mm. On stage, <laughs> I mean,
1: you're in the practice room together. What? What? Does, how much sense does that make? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it definitely had an impact impact on many people in the sense that you know, you like, I guess all around the world, people were kind of forced to stay inside a lot more than yes. they they would normally do, and you could really see that it had an, an impact on many people. You know, if it's now like protests in the USA and and in Germany, there were protests. But a different kind of protests, they were like thinking or saying, tens of thousands of people sometimes were gathering and saying, oh, the government wants to control us. You know, they want to, you know, get into our minds yes. and crazy shit like that. And just if, uh, in Stuttgart, I don't know if you've heard about it, it was like big national news that there were like 500 kids or so that meet every weekend, you know, in the center of Stuttgart to hang out. And then they started breaking stuff, and they started breaking the breaking the gl- the glass <laughs> of, of stores, and you know looting stores and stuff like that. Ah, uh, that never, is not here? Yeah, this, this happened in Stuttgart, uh, and nobody expected that. And I guess it certainly has an effect, also, you know. Of yes. That so there is this unrest now in people maybe something good can come out of that or you
0: know maybe maybe that's (laughs) yeah yeah, I don't know (laughs) maybe I don't know it's so weird like the most boring apocalypse ever (laughs) (laughs) probably probably (laughs) nowadays you go to the street and it's full of cars full of people sometimes I I say oh it was nice two weeks ago it Mm was like nobody here man (laughs) it was so
1: quiet yeah and so now you're you're playing with the band again and practicing and, and preparing for a new record
0: or what's the plan right now? Uh, we are we are mixing some live songs we recorded last year in Buenos Aires and here in Montevideo and we are going to get in August we are releasing a, an EP with cool. six songs. More or less. Oh, okay. It has uh, a song a live song from every record, but with this new formation, you know, with yeah. this, uh, so like their songs. That are from like we have calor in el pecho, uh-huh. but played without uh, hammond and without mm-hmm. percussion. Okay. How the band sounds nowadays uh-huh. is that live record. So it's like kind of a way of, you know, here in Montevideo you can play every day. Yeah. And you don't have how to tour in Uruguay. So it's yeah, like yeah. the bands here play play lit- You don't play that much, you know. Yeah, so of of that course. when you you, you have to cross over the the border to to play yeah. more shows and go to Chile or yeah. go, and we. Let's see yeah. if, if you can also
1: play at some point also in Europe, because I remember that since you know, 2004 or so, you've said every time, every year, you said next year we're going to come, next year we're going to come to
0: Europe. <laughs> and and now moved. I told
1: you. And now again, <laughs> I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when we were on tour and played in Barcelona and the other band was playing a song called Hablan por la espalda? Yeah, <laughs> ni limo. Ba-
0: that song is on the internet, man. Like this. Hablan por la espalda! Hablan por la espalda! <laughs> Hablan por <pola espalda>. la <laughs> <laughs> And we were like, oh, what it was going on? What the like a, fuck, man? Yeah, 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 it was funny. Then we played in San, San Feliu with a with hardcore, French hardcore band. Yeah, San Feliu. Right for life. Matadero. El Matadero. Oh, that was show fun. was amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, lucky, we, we were lucky that on that tour was Pedro with us because the pictures are amazing. Yeah, the pictures <laughs> and
1: uh, he, he always had his little Super 8 camera you never saw the the video of
0: Gorn no 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 I have it here I thought you had, you don't, had you wanna, don't you wanna don't you know. wanna
1: release it on the internet and write a story with it maybe you know to have. This we're, we're going to do some yeah, yeah totally. we have to do something it's in the book right in Fermin's book but the whole story with you guys being in Holland in the coffee shop and right and Fermin <laughs> was there I was with you guys in the coffee shop and he was there and he didn't know what happened because we all came so late and stuff and yeah, and after that also we had uh, our problems with this scene, right? Because it made it made its Mucoso rounds. Because so no? Yeah, oh. the story made its rounds and they called they called the record shops and distributors to, to not sell the record anymore because because They hablan por they're la espalda so, record. Because hablan por la espalda are sexists and you know, whatever. They made a Incredible. like a, they made some serious shaming efforts back then. Some people,
0: but we, they didn't get right. I don't they know. they <sighs> not nah. really in that scene. Maybe. maybe
1: maybe some people, but you know, like like I said, this uh, the people probably not the people who would be interesting interested in your music anyway, right? Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, it's it was you were always controversial band. I like that and. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, if you like, if you always take the easy way and always the pleasant way, then you won't be remembered.
0: We, we always took the the wrong way, man. <laughs> but luckily,
1: we are we are still alive. <laughs> you did some more crazy stuff in in South America as well, where people hated you, or
0: yes, in Brazil, and like what happened there. here too, like in Brazil, for example. Uh, but before Germany, we played like in this discotheque St. well, a place called Sao Roque. Mm-hmm. Already the place was packed with like Brazilian cowboys. Uh-huh. Well, they had the hat <laughs> wow. and the Ford, and the Ford uh, Ranger, you know, yeah. everything. It was really weird. And uh, so the show began. One minute, Fermin was already naked. Uh-huh. Victor with, with, was playing in like boxers. Or sleep I think. Like they did they did they like they kissed together uh-huh. lights down five minutes <laughs> <laughs> The cowboys didn't appreciate that shit. Eh? <laughs> no, the cowboys got but the worst thing is that we were playing like with a, a straight edge band or something uh-huh. and the, and there was this guy from the straight edge band that was so angry with us so angry with us Oh god you guys should be ashamed like, so really, you know, uh-huh. and man, we gave a fuck about it, you know. It was like in those, we gave a fuck, we don't care. We, we yeah, we, you know, you should be ashamed. Well, be ashamed of us, we are not mm. ashamed of us. So, that in Brazil, that tour, like, was really, we had to, it was going to be a hardcore tour, and we were like the, or, or already. Losers, you know, we had Fall from the Edge, and like the the, all the shows were with straight edge bands. The worst you could do, yeah. Break the edge. And then came these these guys like drinking and smoking and like naked and Mm. kissing each other. (laughs) It was like, man, it was a great tour, great tour. (laughs) (laughs) And then in here in Uruguay, like, there was like a, a thing that made us kind of bigger was that there was a show where f- and for me was kind of fucked up and he got this like the, 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 the monitor, you know, where you receive yeah. the, yeah. And he booked like this and, and he fell with the monitor. Okay. He so like this, uh-huh. yeah. And he fell. So the sound engineer came and he started like saying, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the police. And then he came with a police and a friend of us, you remember, Poppy? Yeah, Poppy, of course. Poppy punched the policeman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 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 and so then started to come uh, like uh, more police cars, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and people started running and everyone escaped uh-huh. from the place. Uh-huh. And so Did they arrest I you or anything? So- any of us, they arrested some, some people, but not any of uh-huh. us. Okay. We got right out on time. But after that, a guy, the sound, the sound engineer, did an anonymous boycott Hablan por la espalda uh, uh-huh. press kit <laughs> and sent it to the radios. Wow. And so radios and staff started speaking about Hablan por la espalda and reading that. And uh-huh. asking us about that and calling us and everything. Wow. But so we that were you, like,
1: I got you famous. Huh?
0: Yes, man. <laughs> bad publicity. But yeah, bad cool. publicity. Couldn't oh. have, couldn't have planned it better. Eh? Yeah. Incredible, man. It was like, after that, we were like, you know, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. The bad this boys. This guy, the bad boys. Yeah, but we were, you know, we, no, we weren't bad boys, man. We oh, were like, and so that, that was amazing, man. That, that and then, like, we started like uh, tracking the the mail, the, the anonymous, right? Uh-huh. For me, like, started writing like to the guy. I said, uh-huh. yeah, these guys are stupid, man. We should have get together and drink a beer and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and forget about this. <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, like, let's talk shit about these guys. And uh, uh-huh. so, <laughs> and he go, okay, let's meet. And and he went to the bar uh, to meet uh-huh. the guy. Uh-huh. But the guy obviously, when he saw he disappeared. You know, oh. <laughs> he never met him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we had a show in Buenos Aires that we were going to play, and a friend came from there and like gave us a white powder. <laughs> we mm-hmm. thought it was it was cocaine, you know, and and it was ketamine. Oh shit! <laughs> before playing, before playing, man. Oh, great! So well, when I would not like to see that show. Yo, no, man. I thought I was Jimi Hendrix. You know, I, I, <laughs> I played with the guitar back here, uh-huh. like, <laughs> and with the mouth and everything. I'm right? very. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. well, so we did after that show? We went. We we like they canceled us in Buenos Aires for two years, oh. man. Like, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's a story Chris. you went your way you know despite yeah. everything right but you're still oh. there
1: that's that's what counts i mean <laughs> yeah. you're still fucking around right like a fucking cockroach you know? <laughs> yeah well, what doesn't kill you make you stronger right probably yeah yeah,
0: yeah. cool I they know.
1: say so <laughs> yeah. and what remains are the stories right and after a couple of years it you know in the moment it was really painful you know to be sick on tour or something or sleeping on shitty floors but you know 10 years later it's all you know it's just nice stories to tell and it's good that we can tell these stories now i guess this is something that maybe doesn't happen like that today you know it was a certain time yes yes Yes. so take care martin thanks for talking (laughs) to me (laughs) yeah (laughs) bye 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 So that's it, my conversation with Martin Tuca Solana. If you want, check out Hablan en Parla Espalda on Spotify or YouTube. All their records are there, so check them out. So that's it from me for now. I'm going to go back to my holidays and talk to you soon.